What's up, everyone? Welcome to Simulation. I'm your host, Alan Sakian. Super excited to be talking about the times are urgent. Let us slow down. We have Dr. Bio Komalafi joining us on the show. Hi, Bio. Hi, Alan. Thank you so much for coming on the program. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited and grateful. What a cool coincidence or synchronicity (laughs) it was that we were finishing up interviewing Charles Eisenstein, and then you walk in the room, and he's like, interview bio. Yep. And here we are literally the next day. Yes. Doing the interview. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. And you were here from Chennai, India. Yes. Flew in from Chennai to have a talk at the Science and Non-Duality Conference. Yes. And uh, now here. And now here. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited. For those that don't know, Bio's background, he is a composer of a new cosmic language for our times. A PhD in clinical psychology from Covenant University in Nigeria. Traveling professor executive director at the emergence network author of we will tell our own story and most recently these wilds beyond our fences letters to my daughter on humanity's search for home and you can find all of his links in the bio below biocomulafe.net also emergencenetwork.org as well as his books links and the facebook page so check all those out everyone Bio, we have to start with this. You write on your website, life cannot be computed in terms of ends and purposes. Yet, a conversation that so many of us are having is, what is the teleology or what is the purpose of creation? Mm -hmm. What is the point of us being here and this being made? So, what? how do you have that yeah yeah how do you feel about that that? um well the first thing i would say to that is if i could if i had if i had a response if i had a ready response or answer to the question of what life is all about um i wouldn't want to know it (laughs) I, i wouldn't want to um find out in any final way what the answer is um but here's what i'll say to that uh there is a i i forget the name now but there is a people in New South Wales in Australia, um, and uh, and uh, they uh, they have a saying, beautiful saying, and it it goes like this: that there are there are ninety nine senses, um, not just five senses. There are ninety nine senses, and one of those senses is is. How do they say it? One of those senses is not making sense of the world. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. That, that all, yeah. We have all these senses, but one of those senses is just something like a black hole of silence. Um, like, like a sacrificial part of the puzzle that will never fill. And I like that. I, I like the idea that we don't have all the pieces of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And we're not allowed into that kind of... Um, we're not granted that kind of access. So I come from Nigeria, as you have said, and some of our ep- epistemologies invite us to a place of surrender, of noticing that there are some things that we will never be able to language. Mm. There are some things that will never be available for cognition. And the world is not just this, and this is a modern impulse to underlie the world, to kind of um, underline the universe with consciousness. And then build up from there to say that the deeper we go, 
the more access we have to fundamental meanings and principles. Um, but the world is not entirely composed of that which is articulable or, or intelligible. Um, the wow. world is also non-conscious. We are embedded in non-conscious networks. Um, uh, we, are, we are fabricated and made by things that do not appear the invisible as well. So um, I think the deeper invitation there is an invitation to humility. Um, so to ask the question, what's it all about? Um, that question is maybe um, ill-posed at worst and, um, and the wrong question at best. It's, it's, we will never arrive at a place where we finally get it together. We will practice, experiment, um, uh, conjure ways of knowing that will give us some kind of stability and direction. Mm -hmm. And teleology will spring mm. up once in a while, mm. but it will also die and we'll have to give way to something else. Um, so, so that life is still emergent, always emerging and relational, never to be stabilized in one final place. Yeah. Wow. You wouldn't want to know the answer to what is the point of creation. I, I, I don't think I would want to. Just like if you gave me a time machine, <laughs> I wouldn't want to see what... But maybe I'll want to see how maybe dinosaurs look like or something. Uh -huh. But but I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to just um, uh, figure everything out. Like I feel that's you wouldn't want to go possible. to maybe the end. You wouldn't want to go to the end. You wouldn't want to scrub the video all the way to the end and see what happens to. I feel something creation. really paradoxical. Paradoxical might happen if we actually had that power. Like if we had the power to get to the edge of the universe. Mm. Um, we're not going to find the answers inscribed in hieroglyphics on the wall of the universe or of the Big Bang. We're going to find maybe ourselves peering back at ourselves. I feel there's a trick, there's a riddle that is part of the DNA, if you will, of reality that we are constantly composing. And by we, I don't just mean human beings. I mean the vast parliament of voices and beings and agencies mm. human and non-human that make up the world yes. so this is deeply animistic this is deeply vitalistic this is deeply neo-materialistic that the world isn't um still it is composing even maybe that there isn't such a thing as the world that huh. that the, that is not even a, an issue of multiple worlds versus one world it's a fluid performative universe that is alive relational and constantly becoming alive relational and constantly becoming yes. yes yes so then that may be uh as we discussed with charles literally yesterday the point is that it is alive relational and in constant process of becoming yes and that could be a point that could be one of the purposes well well the idea of purpose itself is is is, mm. is <laughs> <laughs> purpose itself is conceptual it's it's a tool right it's a strategy we need the idea of purpose to 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 train our bodies to relate to the universe in certain ways to take a hold of this complexity and make sense of it so we need to think in terms of purpose what i'm trying to say is that the world stretches far beyond purpose it stretches far beyond instrumentality it stretches far beyond language and um um 
and which tells me that 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 mystery that if we could get the facts in tow if we could get all the facts mystery will still remain Mm-hmm. And maybe facts oscillate at the speed of mystery. So there, mm. there, there isn't the de- the deeper we look, uh, the more mystery we find. That even facts are mysterious in a sense. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. so that purpose is still mysterious. I love how you take us into a world of um, the aliveness, um, the relationalness, uh, the and the becomingness, mm. and I, I love how you um, also dive us into understanding with this idea of humility um, beyond what is beyond uh, our calculations or beyond our senses. Yeah. That that is also embedded in this creation, and that by having that bit more of humility with that, um, it, it 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 makes us feel. In, a, in ways a little bit more at home, but yet it makes me want to also scientifically probe at that, like and understand it with hypotheses and try and better understand this creation that we are embedded in. Although, you know, that actually brings up this question about impossible. We like to say nothing is impossible, mm-hmm. but maybe there are certain aspects of creation that are impossible for us to understand. That's a hard question for us to be able to just say, what yeah yeah <laughs> you, you're brought to a place where you're you learn that your tools are not neutral are not apolitical and this is being explored in, in scientific studies and philo- the philosophy of science basically um beautiful insights by feminist reiterations of scientific practice that basically tell us that science is not neutral it's not a historical or apolitical in probing the universe um, you are not uncovering things as they really are you are co-creating and constructing and I'm biasing and 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 slanting things in a way that is available for your observation so that mm. so so that science is not uncovering the world as it is it's creating it's constructing it's um, it's it's deeply political so to speak so, um, so so we then ascribe the description to creation as we continue to poke and probe at it that is the philosophy that comes with empiricism and that is already entangled with imperial and colonial dynamics that when i probe the universe what i'm uncovering is truth universal uh, um apolitical works at all for all people and for all times this is the foundation of of colonial um, interventionism, basically, that your knowledge is um, very applicable to yours. Yes, I mean, whatever I found should work for for you. you. Whatever, what Freud found, you know, in Austria should work with people, the Yoruba people in Nigeria. These, we're all one. Our bodies are the same. Human beings are the same, regardless of place and culture and context and practice and, mm-hmm. and, and feeding habits. We're all the same. And this is, this is how modernity, pr- um, this is the impulse. This is the agitation of modernity to stabilize things, to name them, index them, categorize them, so that it's easier for us to continue with our well-building be- practices of, of stability. Of we, settlement, building we, settlement. We do look at something like the molecular composition of water, and we do see it the same no matter where we are on the planet. Yes. Right? So, there, so there is like an absolute truth like 
but but even so. that even that is performative like the tools that you use are not um just um neutral arbiters of knowledge they're they're not they're not neutral passageways there are other ways to hold water for instance to see water as spiritual as spiritual okay so that this that is, is what i it, what what gives me life it's what gives us food it's what is part of this beautiful cycle on the planet it's what i bathe with right that it so you see it that way instead of the molecular composition right i i can i can use certain tools and and diffract poetically speaking water into um something atomic something um i can quantify it basically or i can approach water as ancestor or i can approach and these these are not less business as these these are not less serious than thinking of water in the so-called scientific terms um they're just as alive just as pressing and urgent as looking at a drop of water in a microscope um so they're not less real they're just as real and so water is not a thing it's not nothing is one mm. thing um water is multitudinous is duplicitous it's it's contextual interesting okay. as any other thing is okay okay i like your focus on aliveness relationships and the becoming of, right of creation I, right. I love that that seems to be now more and more reoccurring when we ask people about creation they speak about those concepts and i i, I love those right um you have this other really profound thing that you say which really resonates with me the way we respond to the crisis is part of the crisis and that resonates with me because it's very clear that there is some sort of a root uh, aspect to this beautiful creation that there is a root to what are some of the issues that we have and per potentially purposely here so so that we can experience this grand experience of rising up and experiencing these challenges and growing through them uh and viewing it as something that who else has ever went to these depths of hell in order for these flowers to so beautifully blossom up uh and these leaves and branches to so beautifully brought blossom up so uh in this example it's that is it possible that so many of the symptoms that we have in our world are uh, are we're trying to go and band-aid and put band-aids on them uh and then more bad things spring up from that versus looking at the initial root cause and the people that we've had on the show to talk about the root cause have been talking about it it's a it's it's an issue that we have with our that we forgot about our interconnectedness. We took that fall from grace. We forgot about our connection to nature, um, that we're disconnected from each other. We're disconnected from a sense of belonging. Uh, will you yeah, riff on that point? What do you think is the root of the problem and how are the ways we respond um, to the crisis actually part of the crisis? <clears throat> well, I, um, first, first of all, let me say that um, I'm hesitant to even say we're disconnected from nature. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, be because to say that is to perpetuate the silent myth that we actually are disconnected from nature, and nature is the Man. green grass outside our homes. <laughs> you know, the manicured lawns or the forest, the wilderness. It it's a stabilization of nature too. Like 
cities are masculine that the forest and the wilderness is the feminine and so we're disconnected from it it's a beautiful story it works it's strategic it helps us think about how distant we are but i think nature is not just i think so the you, story works though it's actually helpful the for story our, is helpful in is, bringing okay. attention to um okay. the deep sickness of okay. modern civilization beautiful okay um okay. but also it has its risks and one of the risks is that we tend to fetishize nature as the thing beyond the thing outside there not noticing how and this this adds to this will help in my uh, larger response so when we think of nature as a thing out there we don't notice that the cameras around us the chairs the furniture this is nature the, yes. what you're wearing right now is yes. nature um, Donna Harry would say nature is who's a biologist and a beautiful writer would say that um, nature is a deconstruction of its own self right a deconstruction of, of its, its own, own self. self like like there there isn't a thing called nature uh, that is ah. that is that is still that is objectifiable that is ownable if you will and again i i i really feel the urge to say this uh the invitation to say this it's stabilizing nature that gives fascism its power that gives fundamentalism its power because if i say if i say that this is what nature is mm. to progress along these lines of um eating the ecosystems around us and the commons then i can make that claim and go everywhere and try to rule everyone because i found out what nature really is so it it cuts it's like a double-edged sword it cuts both ways um i'm very hesitant to name nature as one thing um to to romanticize nature even to say that if we return to nature as if nature isn't a monster too as if nature wouldn't eat us yeah, too yeah. nature which it does in many <laughs> nature, ways earthquakes fires hurricanes yes nature so, is yeah. not this i'm very i don't want to look through pink um tinted lenses and say that nature is this beautiful benevolent thing nature resists stabilization it's like water water is not at home with itself it is fugitive it's mm. it's the embodiment of fugitivity auto fugitivity if you will it's constantly um missing itself and reiterating itself and th this fluidity is what i would think of as the site but we as a side of nature so to speak but we we tend to we can't work with that right we are embodied beings we will need uh, strategies to meet nature in different ways and so that's why i say it's probably helpful to to think of nature as what that how that means you know we are incarcerated in the city in mm -hmm. modern civilization mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it, that helps it helps but i like your your so then if i can get this right is that you when you see creation the moment that you create a symbol for nature yeah and that is that becomes an an issue because that creates separation yes it, okay. it's it's um uh, even dualism is a strategy right it, like mm, like it, i'm not i'm not even going to say that dualism is evil mm -hmm. um uh, du dual dualism is is strategic um it, it settlements post pleistocene <laughs> needed that strategy to uh to build settlements and the conditions were available for for settling down in a world that was finally ice free 
available for the taking, if you will. Helpful um, ways for us to understand the yes, world. Du yes. Duality du and the nature, these are helpful ways. Exactly. For us to okay. Because immediately we start to build a progress narrative and say we're, we're moving away from dualism. That's already sequential negation. And then that's not dualism there. Um, mm -hmm. Noticing that um, separation is what entanglement does too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is 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 probably helpful for us to to embrace it all embrace mm -hmm. the brokenness and the wholeness the broken wholeness of it all the broken wholeness <laughs> embrace the I'm broken wholeness here. of it all i'm just yeah, yeah. i'm just riffing I here love but, the riffs, yeah. but but okay. what you say about the roots the, 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 the yeah the roots of yeah. of all of this is I would even categorize it in terms of roots and symptoms. symptoms. You and, wouldn't do that. Um, okay. I'm, I'm hesitant to do that. Yes. When I say that the way we respond to the crisis is part of the crisis, I'm, I'm looking at the, um, or I'm desirous of looking at the, uh, at the complex and complicated relationalities between bodies and how these um, create realities, reinforce realities, sometimes beyond good intentions mm. sometimes beyond good plans and good manifestos for instance we could um um we don't notice how our technologies influence us it's not usually part of the conversation i mean it was only in the 1970s that post-humanisms came um be started to become popular in the academic world we started to really pay attention to the philosophy of waste um and then came the uh, in the 1990s the crisis of the anthropocene with paul crutzen mm -hmm. and eugene stormer um and just in the last 10 years having these uh, appendages these devices yes um I, this is another one of those big ones that we we just all of a sudden have now ubiquitously in all of our pockets yeah um and it's now and it's more important now than ever for us to be very vigilant in uh, in questioning um, our relationships with them. There you yeah. go. So this goes beyond language. This is what are our technologies doing to us? How are we being used by the things that we suppose are are the passive recipients of our using? You know, how do phones reshape us? And there's this beautiful mm -hmm. artist that I really love. Her work. Her name is Patricia Piccinini or something mm -hmm. like that, and she's Australian, I believe. Mm -hmm. And she had this exhibit in Sydney where she had um, a, a, a beautiful, made out of silicone, I think. Um, I may be wrong about all of this, but uh, she had this, this human-like figure made that is alien, familiar and alien at the same time because um, this creature has stretched limbs, a huge head that is perhaps the width of my shoulder, um, mm -hmm. and and a sturdy neck or something like that. And basically, this is her vision. I can't remember what she called it. Maybe Fred or Tom or something. But her vision is, if we continue to use cars, this is what we might end up looking like <laughs> in 100 years. Because we might, our bodies might need to, um, by process of natural selection, those of us who are... Um, will survive maybe will be the ones who are better embodied to deal with safety issues with cars uh, so she would she stretched out the femur <laughs> of the of of this creature uh -huh. to be able to, mm. uh, to to hold the brakes or something mm -hmm. like that it's just mm -hmm. now it's no longer 
like um, the eight armed a person that can type and the, oh, do yes, cell yes. phone stuff and, and, and yeah. thumbs of people and I read it somewhere I think it was in a psychology journal that the thumbs of of people these days is becoming flatter or something like that because like we're constantly sliding and all of that but then all the transhumanist people you're just talking about would be like no 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 we're going to the neural interfaces and we won't even <laughs> we won't even get to that but yeah, you laugh we'll get to that conversation uh, later we in the will, episode, we will. Okay, so, yes, so my point yes, is yes. my point is we are we're we're hyphenated bodies mm. and this is a deeply um this is a metaphysics, a metaphysics of relationality helps us see that clearly, that we are hyphenated. Agency is not human. Agency is diffracted and shared. Agency is ecological. So, so that to say that we want to solve a problem is to assume that humans actually solve problems in some kind of unilateral way, which is not actually the case in my view. I think that we build technologies and technologies influence us in return and build us in return and shape how we shape the world. So it's like art imitating life, imitating art, imitating life. And then we're caught, caught up in this cycle, mm. this cyclical um, vortex of bodies that imagine, because imagination is also material, that, that's, that secretes imagination in a particular way, that secretes responsivity in a particular way, and then we're caught in this way of seeing the world, and we don't know how to see it otherwise. And, and, and there you go. The crisis um, secretes a solution that only reinforces the crisis. And what would we do about this root? What is the root? And what do we do about it to help us find more belonging and more interconnectedness well 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 maybe maybe it's not about roots then mm -hmm. um maybe it's about ruptures mm. maybe it's about cracks then mm. um if mm. you take the metaphor mm -hmm. seriously of us being in a in a whirlpool and we're just running around each other um, maybe maybe the invitation there is to look for cracks openings generous uh, discontinuities, radical discontinuities in the fabric of things. Would we maybe call these some sort of like exit doors out of the matrix? Beautiful. <laughs> if you want to go with that. Okay. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> exit doors in the matrix. Yes. Okay. That, that, and this is not a human thing also. It's, it's, a, it's a parliament of things that might... The, the ways bodies... Uh, the ways that bodies mix with each other might open up a crack somewhere, a topographical shift mm. that might allow us, huh, mm. you know, this is why I say decolo decoloniality is not even human work. It's not mm. human practice. It's, I, I see deeply in post-human terms and in post-human ways. So decoloniality is not, um, is, is, is not, um, it's not left to us. It's not unilateral. The, maybe a question then would be, is it maybe an example like, a meditation arriving in the west um one of these cracks that yeah. created a good amount yeah of, yeah it could it yeah. could it could even be right here in the technologies that we use um it could be that um something quite unexpected happens and the things that we expect to be um to be that we've already categorized as evil maybe we even say capitalism or or the things we like facebook could be the occasion 
could be the occasion for new kinds of bodies or new kinds of emergent realities. Uh, let me put it this way. Um, there is a beautiful <laughs> biblical passage in in um, the Bible, biblical passage in the Bible. How tautological. Um, it's about Samson. I don't know if you know any Bible, but it's Samson, the strong man. He's, uh, he's on his way to um, a place called Timnah. And on the way to Timnah, he encounters a lion. Because he's a strong man, divinely uh, imbued with strength, he tears this lion apart easily, just rips it apart. He's the biblical Hercules, for those who don't know Samson. Okay. And then he's on his way. He continues on his path, and on, on his way back, he finds that there's a, a, um, a hive of bees, a swarm of bees that has infected the carcass of this lion, mm. uh, and they're producing honey. And it's, it's, a, it's a philosophical moment for Samson. He ponders this, this and says, you know, out of the sweet, something, out of the bitter, something sweet mm. emerges. Interesting. And, and I like that metaphor. I like that riddle. Out of the bitter, something, something sweet, sweet emerges. emerges. And so out of the, in many ways, some of the worst issues and traumas, we, something sweet will We, we don't emerge. know. Like I, I read recently about a whole, the Ohio Re Cancer Re Research Center or something using uh, the flu to cure cancer, some form of cancer. You know, a sickness to address another sickness. Uh, because bodies are relational, they are... They are constantly uh, potentiated, if you will, with the next. They're, they're not to be stabilized. They constantly are. Bodies are sacred is what I mean. Uh, by sacred, I mean they move. They, they spill. They spill through the containers that we've placed them in, which means that um, the things we've already um, labeled as bad, as evil, and this is not an excuse or justification for them, but it's to notice that um, the world is much more promiscuous than we give it, that, than we allow it to be. It doesn't abide faithful to our ideologies, to our manifestos, to our plans. I want to give it space to be as alive as it wants to be. Mm. And so the, the, the things that, the, the kinds of spaces that my work is about, is about sitting with all of this trouble. Maybe it's what Donna Harrow would call staying with the trouble. Staying yeah. with the troubling emergence of the world. Staying with its flows and movements. Now, this, is, this doesn't mean that there aren't stable or stabilizing places. It doesn't mean everything is in flux. And there aren't bodies that have reinforced themselves over time. So we can speak of sympoesis, uh, which is how bodies become with other bodies. And we can speak about autopoesis, which is how bodies gain independence as well. We want to hold the tensions of that as well. That yes, there are larger patterns that we can speak about. We can speak about oligarchic, the oligarchic uh, dynamics in America right now. And we can speak about how we can respond to that. But we also want to take note. And plutocratic. Yeah, and plutocratic, by the yes, way. Yes, yeah. plutocratic and corporate autocracies mm -hmm. and all of that. Mm -hmm. But we also want to take into cognizance the fact that, that things are not quite still as well. One, where is the space to hold the idea that we are in a relational post-human universe that, is, that, is, that doesn't, won't stay still? 
That no. is deeply there's no animated and vitalistic. Yes. There's no even for one day you can't shut the global economy down for one day. No. To try and get people to just chill for a day. No. <laughs> just chill for a day. No, you're not going to uh, get that. Please, just chill for a day. The closest we get is like whatever Christmas or something. Yeah. And like people yeah. are just chilling with their families in their houses. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. This, uh, yeah, I just want to get closer. You want you you want to you want to switch off button. You want to press yeah. stop. Press stop. Pause. Let's reconsider everything that's going on. Notice our inclinations to want to stop button might also be instigated by the yeah. technologies that we've created, created that, that makes it easier. That gives us the luxury yeah, of yeah. stopping things. things. So maybe it could be that the, you know the way we're addressing wicked problems like climate chaos might also be influenced by the technologies around us, the built environment around us. We want to shut it down. We want to reduce it to carbon emissions. We want to say that that is the ingredient. That's the cause. If we can attack this <laughs> and we've solved the problem. No, I think um, there are larger issues at work. Interesting. Although it does to me at times feel like um, by uh, feeling more interconnected and helping people experience non-separation, unity that then uh that feels like one of the major roots i i I think it's important to to hold spaces where we we feel we feel our boundaries coming apart and um but but i'm but but it's important to notice that there are larger bodies um that have gained resilience over time you might go for a workshop that might help you feel at one with the world. Mm. And then immediately after the workshop is done, you're back in traffic and you don't feel at one. In, 100%. You don't feel at one in that moment. Maybe you feel a little bit more equanimous. Maybe you feel a little bit more interconnected. Yeah, but I'm saying even the loss of that feeling is just as entangling. Like It's very difficult to stay with that, to stay, because we want to be in a miraculous high mm. all the time. We're, we've been... Life is that. Yeah, we, you, you, you want to be in that psychedelic high of being at one with the universe. But I don't think I want to be in that state all the time. I don't, I don't think I want to be... You want to feel the lows and the despair and the... How else is entanglement yeah. entanglement if if we're not touching everything at once, if we're not being, uh, you know, if we're not becoming with all of that at once, at once. you know, if we're in this place of immurement, this, incar- this incarceration to positive thinking or positive <laughs> feelings about entanglement, then we're not entangled. We're, we're fetishized beings. And then utopia takes over and utopia has a lot of consequences, of course, that we can get into. But the, the, the invitation is even the shadows, even the shadows, even the shadowy places, even the cracks are part of this thing that will n- refuses to be whole, refuses to be conceptually coherent for our for our easy consumption interesting how do we how do we see ourselves as part of something that is larger than language language's capacity to to frame this is this is the deep invitation of indigenous worlds that i come from and the moment you're trying to frame it go ahead try to frame it (laughs) no do it it. try it it's good it might work for you (laughs) first but it's risky it comes with risks everything embodied is risky because you move in the world in in some 
particular way, you're excluding other ways of being in the world. I like how one person said, to put on a mask is to be true. <laughs> you, know? <Yeah. laughs> you know, you know, there, there isn't some authentic thing behind, you know, which is why I hesitate to speak about this is the root, um, the root cause. Now, if we can get to this root cause, then we've come to the world as it truly, really <laughs> ought to be. That's another framework. That's another framework that is just as amenable to decay as everything else is. Gosh, so well synthesized. Yeah. In hearing all of this from you and from Charles yesterday and from more and more of the the leaders that we've been most recently speaking to is just so interesting to me because I've most recently decided that not only just are we interviewing the greatest minds but we are also synthesizing all of the their brilliant wisdoms right and we're trying yeah and I, now i'm in this process of like okay how do we use language and video and and animations and fun ways for people to understand the creation that they're embedded in and it's like good luck like that's that's but it's beautiful it's a beautiful journey but it's also driving me nuts and uh <laughs> <laughs> it should we're about the greatest mind thing um i i'm i think you should you should interview grandmothers on uh, you should yeah. interview children who have yes. who probably have nothing to offer to your yes. quest for great wisdom um but you in, find the brilliant in some of that yes well even yes. in their so-called stupidity there is a generosity <laughs> of 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 knowing and being that that wisdom cannot access i'm i'm i want to be as open to the so-called stupid to the silent um, to to the numbness of a table, or to the to the to the deadness and muteness of furniture around me. Um, it, I mean, not access stuff that I could translate on a on a, on a YouTube video and say yeah. this is wisdom for you to access to build new economies and new educational paradigms. But but there's there's something there. Maybe it's not available to us now. But the world needs the world doesn't work by doesn't run on the engine. Or the lubrication of the wise it runs on this fluid uh, becomingness between wisdom and stupidity uh, where stupidity might be wisdom not so far out from now and what w wisdom is you know stupidity now i don't know just uh, it's a beautiful no. way of saying i don't know <laughs> i really i love your um your point this is very important to i um identify um instances of of grandmothers grandfathers um yeah. boys girls um the invisible people that don't yeah, even make it that to uh yes. to contexts yes. like these that you know uh, there's a beautiful story of mandela traveling through traveling through um i was told this in morocco um by a friend of mine he said mandela was traveling his convoy and he stops in the village um of course in south africa and um he encounters a woman and he says, bring me some water or something like that. And she says, who are you? You know, <laughs> she says, I'm like, who are you? Like, just dismisses him and is shocked because he's Mandela for uh -huh. crying out loud. And, but she just dismisses like, who are you? I don't care who you are. And puts him in a place that no one puts him in. Mm. Um, just that simple gesture of like, who, who do you think you are? Is, is, is powerful medicine. It is. It's powerful medicine we need in this time. So, so also the way we frame wisdom, 
like it'll come from the people like Bill Gates or it'll come from PhDs mm. or it'll come from people who are eloquent. I think we need to listen to the madman. Uh, I think we need to listen to the people outside, the people that we've brand uh, that we've labeled as insane copernicus moments these yeah 0.1 percent there, there you go stuff like that i think we need to yeah. we, we need to hold space for that too yeah because um yeah that's yeah. that's where there's a lot of generosity there totally agreed and the, some of that is actually going to end up shifting our overton window more and more in the gen in the direction of of progress of yes. aliveness yes, yeah yes. i want to i want to talk about this point this is really important to me um you write about this a lot you had um uh raising your daughter who's six raising your son that's two um with your wife and your family interactions that you've been having um would this is uh, one of the cores of the newest book mm. these wilds beyond, beyond our fences, fences. Yeah. and one of the cores of the book and also that um, I want to know more about what is what is that like? Um, because what did you learn growing up in Nigeria? And what are you doing bringing that to your children mm. now? And your children are in Chennai mm -hmm. in India. Yeah. So what is that like? And, you know, and what is what does it mean? The, um, you know, letters to my daughter on humanity search for home. What is this? You know, Humanity Search for Home, and, and just another little bit of preface is that we've had several guests that have joined us on the program that have that were born in Africa and that are doing incredible work, and it's been fascinating to me to learn from them because there is some sort of a different philosophical just uh, essence that is um, that's different than West. It feels so much different even being in China just like three weeks ago doing interviews there. It was just so much the essence between humans. It feels different. Mm. What is that feeling? Mm. And what are these um, these these eth the, the ethos of your um, letters to your daughter and the writing? Yeah. Okay. My, my first response mm -hmm. to that will be to um, acknowledge that it's um, just a, a, a slight reframing yes. that it's because I've been doing a lot of traveling, the person that should be credited as raising our kids <laughs> is EJ, my wife, Your my wife. dear life partner. And she's the one cradling all of us. I EJ. Wouldn't even, EJ is EJ. her name. And I, I wouldn't even be um, here without the sacrifices that she's making. So just want to lay that and um, respond in on that platform. Yes. Um, and so I'm grateful for that. Uh, yes. Grateful for all the gifts that she's given us as our mother hearth. And yes, um, yes there there is um, about differences. There cross cultural dynamics and stuff. That there is. Um, anytime I come into the United States, I was telling my brother Charles yesterday. Mm -hmm. That anytime I fly into the country, I feel a sense of it. It starts from here, mm. you know. <laughs> there, there, there's literally a sense like there's a hanging extra limb that's really heavy from my throat. It's a sense of dread, like I'm entering into the heart of empire, like like it, it's it's part a response, a fear response. It's a um, fight or flight thing as well it's like i it's like predatory like i'm in the 
in the face of something really black and deep and and i don't know and primal and i want to run Mm. (laughs) i want to run away but i feel i literally find myself swallowing spit over and over again as the plane lands and as i'm snaking my way up to the point where my passport is Mm. stamped um and i and i think uh, it's part of your mission to come through I don't know. I'm. I'm also hesitant to 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 missionize my missionize my <laughs> to to they say that's my mission or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, it, okay, it, okay. one okay. gets heady that way, okay. and and I and I'm very reluctant to do that. But 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 yes, uh, um, I feel I feel there's there there's a lot of there's, there there are there are things at work here. There I I I've said to a couple of friends of mine. Um, in retreats that I lead or talks that I give in the United States, that that this country, I feel um, its greatest problem, not that anyone can speak about things in that scale, or, um, but in some poetic sense, its greatest problem is immigration. Okay. But, but not immigration that you think of right now, not the one that just flashed through your mind. Okay. I'm talking about the immigration of temporalities that have been erased times that have been effaced i'm talking about the ghosts of times and places and bodies and cultures that that subsidize the imperialistic empire building project of this country okay so are we talking like the in- indigenous people of the land not just the indigenous and the people. slavery that was imported not just the, the s- slavery that was if slavery the, the the wiping out of the massacre of the indian people the native mm-hmm. american people here um uh the transatlantic slave trade but the ongoing project the ongoing project this feels like the headquarters of of the telluric um uh earth making machine that is about stamping out all sorts of ambiguity about what the world really is and what the world really is according to the american machine Mm. is the world ought to be a place that serves profit making that serves um the commons eating machine it ought to be a place where we progress in this this huge progress making machine that is called time this militaristic and em- em- epistemology that is clock time that is all we're supposed to be about is we're supposed to be these individuals citizens in the nations in the conglomeration of nation states um and we're supposed to to get better at nation stating <laughs> you know at stamping down nature's uh, insurgency um probably um, embodied in climate chaos right now and then being uh, doing our best to transcend and being masters of the world America seems to be the place where that is most held now as marching orders for human beings across the planet and so there, there seems to be scratching on the walls of empire the ghosts of times past that are still present haunting everything that has been repressed they're spectral immigrants, if you will, hitting on the gates, the pearly gates of empire, saying, you know, we subsidize you, we make you possible. 
I can speak in terms of it about it in terms of uh, in terms that people might relate with better you know in terms of you know this has been incredible so far okay. people re relate <laughs> with this a lot and I'm okay. curious what you think about the ethos of a place like China then or the ethos of a place like uh, Africa then that would be those would be you know follow-ups if that's how the spirit of the United States um, well, 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 it's basically yeah. what I've just said, you know, how yeah. we're following Africa, for instance, is following hard on, on the path that America has, the trail, the, the, the trail that America has blazed through for years now, for decades now. And China is coming into its own, you know, um, Nigeria, for instance, is, is, yeah. is establishing very strong geopolitical economic relations and ties with China, um, out with, a, out with, a uh what, what what's that building construction company that is so iconic in america i, I think julius berger i think it's called julius berger um it, it was the construction firm from germany mm. um which is a construction firm of note in lagos and, and in nigeria for since the 1990s in the 80s mm. and now it's the ccecc i think it's a chinese firm um, building everything, building all our projects. So they're helping us in our wow, path yeah. to claim development, um, to claim our seat at the table. Um, so we're auto-colonizing ourselves now. We're stamping down on our own traditions. We're teaching more English in our classes. Of course, we're holding space for our own tradition, for our own uh, languages in some kind of um, patronizing move what to say we're also learning our languages auto in school. Auto-colonization. Auto-colonization. Whoa. We're playing the roles. We're, we're, we've taken the whip and we're whipping ourselves. It's self-flagellation, if you will. And, and, and it's based on just the uh, the the way that um, in terms of the uh, the economic growth of the planet has favored as the power law most of it with the united states let's say re most recently yeah and then you, the then it's just that well now we all need to follow similar paradigms every we have almost no choice it's the algorithms of 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 the global development paradigm it's it's 1944 um, Bretton Woods Conference in Washington that basically introduced the IMF and the World Bank mm -hmm. and made it impossible for Africa to actually, you know, be developed, if you will. The architecture of oppression is in place, is what I'm saying. And there is no climbing to the top of the room. The development paradigm will always have the West on top and Africa following hard behind following chasing wanting to be part of the game um when americans speak about the um recycling culture for instance it's largely unknown to people in the west that most of the waste here that is taken away from our manicured pl good plastic bins and just shipped out to a place called far away <laughs> you know mm -hmm. supposedly recycled um it's actually shipped to places like ghana it's actually shipped to nigeria our playgrounds are our playgrounds in schools are is the dumping site of from the west there's billions of tons where old computer systems are just and then we and then we take those old computer systems and then we we recycle them ourselves to make sense you know of our 
our trashland society, if you will. I believe this is also similar with the way that um, boats, old boats, are parked on the um, coast of uh, uh, Bangladesh, and they do similar. Yeah, the process. Of yeah, the, yeah, wow. yeah. So, so the the the, the justice systems um in the world the, the things we count as justice the architecture of justice the architecture of righteousness the ethics of recycling you know the ways that citizenry is conditioned in the west is obscures the roles that the nation state has in keeping other people and other nations and other societies under which is why i'm i'm quite thrilled we're failing at the development game I'm, I'm, I'm happy we're failing at it. Um, recently, not recent, I think some time ago, Trump wrote about shithole, shithole countries or something with specific reference to my country, Nigeria. Like, uh, that's a shithole country. And as I expected, our leaders were like, no, we're not a shithole country. We're almost like the US. We have good roads and skyscrapers and good electricity. So it was like, you know, we're trying to measure up. It's like phallic measurement. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like we, we, we have just as much as you guys. I felt maybe that was the wrong response. And so I wrote a letter to Trump and I called it the surprising nobility of shit. Mm. And the idea was to say, we are actually failing at this. But that's actually a surprisingly great place to be. Mm-hmm. Without romanticizing it, being intimate with our shit might help prepare us for the times that are coming. Mm. You know, and I'd rather be closer to the hinterlands than the borderlands. I'd rather be behind the front runner on, in a race to the cliff edge. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want I don't want to be at the cliff edge and, and say I'm a superpower. You know, this is where we're witnessing the dissolution of these systems. And I feel that, um, yeah, but let me change the topic. Uh, The the real question was about the feelings. So even resonant in some underground fashion, is resilient, if you will, is still a sense of belonging, a sense of a sense of community. This isn't then changing the topic. This is the topic that well, you're well, just it, mentioning. It's a topic. This is what yeah. you wrote about the the surprising, uh, well, yeah, <laughs> of, of of surprising nobility of nobility of shit, of shit <laughs> which is the belonging and the interconnectedness. It's the belonging. It's the interconnectedness. It's the, it's the, to put it metaphorically, it's the resilience of potholes. It's the metaphysics of potholes. Why do I, what do I mean by that? Yeah. It's w- w- development is smooth roads, right? Mm-hmm. Potholes is our failure to to maintain to maintain that kind of paradigm. They cause so many issues with automobile uh, <laughs> tires and, uh, and and alignments, and then we have to go to the automotive dealership. And actually, it's good for the economy. Then there you uh, go. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think the potholes is the insurgency of the planet is the insurgency of our traditions coming across as our failure to actually maintain these received traditions. And then we pave, we pave over the potholes. We, yeah, yeah. Paving over is success. It's counted as success. I count it as failure. And our failure to pave over those potholes, I count it as a queer kind of success. It's like, it's like another world is, is trying to scratch its way through and insist on being seen. Um, for instance, um, we had gift cultures. Uh, 
they're still resilient in some ways, but they've been pathologized. There's a shift, right? Um, we had gift cultures. We had ways of sharing with each other. Um, pre-colonial societies in Africa, in, Niger in what is now called Nigeria. And, um, uh, well, these paradigms came in and a sense of value that equated self-worth with my individual productivity came in. And then we started to loosen those ties. But those traditions are still resilient in some ways. But they're, they're showing face in, in form of what um, the IMF or the World Bank or even the Nigerian state might call corruption today. So a police officer on this, in the airport might ask you for money. As you as a foreigner coming into Lagos might ask you for money. Um, that's frowned upon by the nation state. It's frowned upon by every righteous body institution out there. That's corruption. But what if that's, that's a sort of remembering of the ways we used to share with each other that wasn't so bureaucratic and, total, and totalizing? There were ways we always appreciated each other. Um, but now in, in trying to do that, it's termed corruption. Mm. It's corruption. Um, just like sharing knowledge in, the, in, 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 a, in a community. But a classroom context comes in and just look over your shoulder is cheating it's now cheating yeah. so the 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 framework of our relationships have changed mm -hmm. and the more powerful dominating system is this colonial imperializing way of seeing the world but still because it's not it's not the work isn't finally done there's still existing um sensitivities that tell us that there are other ways of being alive. Even though we, we, we've quite lost the language, uh, the way of relating to that, we know that there are other ways of being alive. Um, and we're, we're itching to find that again. And those other ways of being alive um, are those potholes. Those the potholes. Some of those I sense potholes, it as the potholes. Yeah. As our failure. And then also it's these... In initial principles that in many ways as we also had you know Chris Ryan on the episode on the show recently we were talking on that episode about hunter-gatherers and what hunter-gatherers had as principles this immediate return hunter-gatherer where you were just going taking what you need and then moving nomadically along right and just this I this idea of just the way to harmonize with nature to know the plants and the trees and the animals and the relationships in between each other where there's you know there's inclusive fitness I tell you a story because I care about your well-being and it impacts my well-being in the whole tribe's well-being right. versus now it's I tell a story because I want to get money from you transaction transaction yeah yeah it's um I I I, I sense a, a a a yearning for those kinds of relationship uh, matrices again I I sense a yeah. wanting to but I don't think it's going to be a simple return it's it's, it's never going to be a return simple there, return uh, yeah. where so deep experimentation is called for now that that maybe should help us should should inspire us to be hesitant about finding easy solutions w would it would it be fair to say that then some of what we were just talking about then are some of the letters to your daughter and some of the ways that you talk to your daughter and your son and yeah um yeah there yeah back to that question it's i think i call my children the children of the anthropocene yeah. The Anthropocene being this 
time period when um, we are all becoming homeless. Even those of us who are well settled, um, there's a homelessness and a fugitivity that is spilling through even modern settlements that is saying you're not quite at home. You have to move very often. Um, the, the institutions that were your frameworks of reference, um, they're changing as well. Mm -hmm. So we're losing trust in the nation state. Mm -hmm. I think in America, the Congress is not as mm -hmm. reputable mm -hmm. it is as it once was. You know? totally. So the frameworks are hollowing out. The mm -hmm. pillars of, that are keeping modern civilization aloft are mm -hmm. cracking. And so as they crack, we lose a sense of place mm -hmm. and we gain a sense of liminality, a sense of in-betweenness mm -hmm. as the nomad mm -hmm. is always in touch with. Mm -hmm. So we become fugitive. And I think in fugitive times, in times between stories, we need fugitive epistemologies. Mm -hmm. So with my children, I'm learning, we are learning to... to treat them as elders and not just as recipients of education. Hmm. We're, mm -hmm. we're learning to, to co-parent with them mm -hmm. um, to, to, to affect a, a, a sensitivity to things and place, not as commodities to be consumed, but as beings that are alive in, this, in, in, a, in their own way. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I teach my daughter to take permission uh, from a plant before plucking it, for instance, mm -hmm. or, or to ask mm -hmm. questions like, Dada, where does shit come from? Mm -hmm. And then we take that as research inquiry. Yeah. You know, like, write it down and we ask questions and yeah. we follow where shit comes from yeah. or where it goes to. Um, so this is, this is the kind of education that I feel fugitives need. Fugitives from a settlement that is no longer settling. Whoa. Yeah. Your um, use of the word yeah fugitive there is so interesting too. It's just uh, this in between state that it feels like we're in. That was the other word that you used. I must now then ask about this question, which it so seems like it, everything is in the direction of this. Here we are in Silicon Valley. You know, we recently heard this quote again from you know Elon Musk. Humanity is a biological bootloader for digital super intelligence. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, let's build AI, AI, super intelligence. Yes, yes, yes. You know, that's basically the paradigm that everyone's pushing now around the world. What the fuck is it for? Why are we doing it? I think we're also trying to escape. It's still the paradigm of escape. Do you know the t the Tower of Babel story? Mm. Have you heard? You know mm -hmm. that story? Mm -hmm. You do? You do? You do? You do? You do? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I don't need to tell it to you. Mm -hmm. You may share. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can share it. This beautiful, well, it's not beautiful. It's unsettling. It's tragic. But it's also very instructive. You know, after the flood, the post-Diluvian society decides, eh, you know, just to be secure... Um, we should build towering structures that escape a possible potential uh, divine tantrum. Um, let's escape a possible flood. And so they start to build. And Just like let's escape the asteroid collision. <laughs> let's go to Mars. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Let's escape. Let's just leave things behind. So if 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 God, if the gods decide, you know, we're tired of the human race, we can just save ourselves in in these um towers of steel and might and fright 
and and so the um the as the story goes every all of mankind as the legend goes all of mankind is one language is of one language and the gods um notice that they're making progress actually they're actually building these modern day ziggurats is what they call them these towers uh, into the heavens and they look down and they say let's stop them from doing what they're doing and how they do that is to sow confusion they 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 disturb the language the homogeneity of our communications and because no one is able to understand the other the progress stops mm -hmm. i think confusion is a gift mm. i think i think it's a gift and I think that's a beautiful legend that tells us Confucian is divine. It's, it's, it's always part of our mattering. It's sacred. I think in some senses, these transhumanist projects of trying to attain some singularity, you know, mm -hmm. in some future time, it works by many assemblages. One is the assemblage of temporality being a linear continuity from past present to future that this allows us from seeing how the past is already haunting us right now so there is no escaping that that's one agency the other is that we are actually uh, separate from our technologies mm. the, you know the the prophecy of transhumanism is that one day we will gain ascendancy over all things material that we'll be able to be happy forever we can tinker with our emotional uh, capacities we can we can we can gain complete and total mastery that's the myth. <laughs> that's the myth there and it works because of this underlying myth that we are actually separate from nature what if nature is using us <laughs> in, in what if nature is already using us in ways that um, belie and under um, undercut our quests for ascendance and mastery. What if, like Michael Pollan mm -hmm. said in his book, The Botany of Desire, I think, mm -hmm. what if we're the strategies of apples? You know, it, it, our perspectives are so humanocentric. They're so, mm -hmm. they're so exclusive to us that we don't notice that we, are, we might be the pawns in the game of apples. We might be the pawns in, in, in other life forms out there. We're not alone. We've never been alone. Mm. Uh, and that's, the, that's, that's something really difficult for modern citizens mm -hmm. gestating in cities to understand. We're, we've never been alone. And to suppose we're alone is to perpetuate this, is, is, to, is, to, is to have Elon Musk-like dreams of finally escaping to Mars or finally gaining, achieving uh, infinite longevity or mm -hmm. infinite life yes, drinking yes. from the fountain of youth yes. or something like that uh. may I, let, let's let's riff on this just a little bit yeah, yeah. more where where um, let's let let us say that um, as we spoke about throughout this episode we're doing this kind of um, we've been using this now uh, as a metaphor and I think it's really interesting this idea of like a, a, a boomerang that goes back and then it fetches our initial we were talking about this like hunter gather immediate return interconnectedness non-separation unity source adoring type relationships aliveness becoming right all these key words we've been talking about boomerangs back grabs those and then embeds it in today's world and then as you embed it in today's world 
all of a sudden, it's not to say that, okay, we're going to stop making this and we're going to stop making uh, indistinguishable virtual realities and we're going to stop making quantum computers. We're going to stop making uh, space uh, settlements. We're going to stop making super intelligence. We're going to stop biotech and neurotech and longevity. So not necessarily stop those things, but when you do boomerang back and you grab those um, these main concepts and essentials, and then you bring it to today, it definitely changes the way that you were, we were all talking about those techno utopian. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. so then maybe that is part of this creation of this becoming of this aliveness yeah. is our ability to do that boomeranging, bring it back and then now recalibrate today and then continue our, process of being builders and creators within this creation okay this i might take a wide berth in you know Please. just uh, yes. um uh, i was saying at the event yesterday at the conference yesterday that i was attending that the reason i feel one of the reasons why we um i grew up noticing that my grandmother had things that looked like tattoos on her arm you know like inscriptions i couldn't read them i didn't know what they were about um, my mother told me it was a thing of beauty. Mm. Um, so the Yoruba people in West Africa would, this facial scarification, just mm. uh, cut marks into their faces. is a dying trend. Mm. You would hardly see anyone with that now because we're posh and proper. Mm. As, <laughs> as the city dictates, we're losing all of that sacrificial um, epistemology, you know. And I think the reason why we did that was to keep a sense of rupture close mm. a, a sense of crisis close that it's it's part of pollination indigenous uh traditions to to throw a man from a tree a branch and tie with a rope you know tied to his ankle and just toss him off and bring him this close to bashing his head on the ground mm. And it's in experiencing the intimacy of death that he's allowed to be a full man. You know, it's in Hausa land in Nigeria, um, where the base jumping culture. Yeah, the base yeah, base yeah. jumping, of course. On base bu- jumping is safe on a now. Court safe, it's yeah. safe, yeah. Uh, but but uh, uh, is it bungee jumping that it's called? Yeah. Um, yeah, bungee jumping. Bungee yeah, jumping. Yeah. Um, base is, I think, when you go with the wingsuit. Yeah. Okay, base yeah, is the base is different. Yeah, so yeah. bungee jumping yeah, bungee is jumping. the uh, the hurling of oneself. But yeah. this is without safety precautions the way it's done with just a rope there's no net to catch you on that there's no safety net and why do Um, you tell this story i'm getting Uh somewhere uh um but the house people for instance would whip a man the community would come and whip a man that comes to ask for a, a, a bride's hand in marriage whip him until he bleeds and then he's ready to be a man or in south africa send a a young kid out to kill his first lion you know that that sense of the intimacy of rupture and crisis um that means you only live fully when you've known a taste of death is 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 what modernity doesn't know how to handle Handle. now when i hear you when i hear you speak about a boomerang yeah I hear that and I and I say yes that makes sense you know we want to listen and uh, and and adopt these practices but, but how do they experientially embed them into the um the spirit of the metropolises <laughs> when <laughs> okay yes yeah that, that's you could frame the re- okay. uh, the the re- uh, you could frame it that way okay. um but you could also say that 
there is a there is a terrifying user friendliness about that <laughs> <laughs> an application of epistemologies yeah, and cosmologies yeah, yeah. like how that, we boomerang it back yeah, and let's then just, i put it into an app yes, and then let's, we, just, yeah. let's just get <laughs> Let's just get let's just get all those um, hunter gatherer philosophies. Let's just get all of that and put and, it in the metropolis. And put it in, in the apps. Now it's an Apple app. Yeah. Now it's a, now it's an app on Google Play. Ooh, now uh, I, uh, I need to fill yeah. it one with the world. Just fill it one with the world app. Just strike that app and you fill it one with the world. The world yeah. I am the logic of mastery is still this gravitational pull that pulls down. I uh, let me reframe that. Bound, uh, boomerang curling metaphor. And the transhumanist and, might say something like, you press the button on my phone and then I get the chemoelectroconnectome <laughs> sensation of interconnectedness. <laughs> and then it's done and then I feel it and I know it. Okay. There you yeah, go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, what if we allow that those, the people we're hurling boomerangs at are also hurling boomerangs at us? Okay. The past, we're not hurling a boomerang into the distant past because the past isn't distant the, the the past the ancestors the things that defy language are also hurling boomerangs at us we're mm. also being used I we're like also this. being we're also being cradled and caught we're also being scarified if if that's a word we're also being marked and 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 disabled in ways you know no this cons this eternal quest for interesting for for outrageous forms of enablement is the product of the Holocene, is a product of settlements. Um, a sense of a sense of being a sense of being broken is is missing. A sense of being knowing ourselves only in part, you know, mm -hmm. only partially is missing. Mm. You know, we're, we're striving to a sense of completion and wholeness, which is Tower, uh, the Tower of Babel, you know, again, mm -hmm. we're, we're striving for that, for the summit. But I want a sense in which, I'm not saying I want it, um, I'm not saying I'm feeling entitled here, but I'm saying I'm desirous of a sense of reaching the summit and realizing that that's the nadir, that's the, uh, that's the valley. And it's not just to climb up again, it's to notice that Life is not the other of death. Brokenness is not the stranger to wholeness. That partiality or things only coming in traces is just as beautiful as things showing their full faces. And we will never have a full picture. We will never arrive. We will never arrive intact. You know, mm. we're coming down to earth means we will never arrive intact. It's like a libation. As the water falls to the ground, it doesn't land in neat puddles. It scatters here and there. To be at one with the world is to notice that we'll never get it completely. It's to be diffracted. To be at one with the world is to let go of the idea that we can contain, control, master, you know, mm. hurl, gather, mm. use as we want, and still be in a position, a luxurious position of, of, of distancing ourselves, you know from how the world matters is to allow for death is to notice that transience and dying and surrendering is how things work is to let go that of the idea that consciousness is the is the line that cradles everything is the halo that cradles everything oh, and there's such and famous you know these are great and poetic words um and it's also like you know screaming to me there's like you know um like 
Bezos and Zuck and Musk and all these other in, in just ridiculously wealthy um, billionaires around the planet now that are just um, listening to those words and saying famous last words, surrender <laughs> and death are part of the creation, famous last words. So basically, you get conquered if you believe in yeah those words yeah you, you get just, conquered and so yeah. to me this is like nuts that this yeah. is what is yeah yeah how do you feel about that well well my people were conquered um since the 15th century they were taken and transported over the atlantic to new worlds but there's a deeper story here that i want to share quickly that undermines the absoluteness of power's claim to be absolutely powerful if that makes sense let me let me put it this way that yes we were conquered yes this modern paradigm is said to have defeated uh, a more grounded natured um, down-to-earth way of living um, but not quite. That's not the only story that can be told. Chinu Achebe, a very famous Nigerian writer, he wrote the book, Things Fall Apart. He said, until the lions tell their own stories, the tale of the hunt will always glorify the hunter. hunter. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so there's another story to be told about those movements, those um, forced migrations. And one of those stories that I like to tell is that even... Even in the opening of our bodies, in the cutting of our bodies, as our blood was spilt, it infected the colonizer. The colonizer was undone in the moment of undoing us. Um, so, so that in unzipping our mm. paradigms, in unzipping all of that, he was infecting himself as well. Damn. So, 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 so this is what might be referred to in quantum terms as quantum indeterminacy the complementarity of things mm -hmm. that the irony of absolute power is that immediately you establish relationship with that which you claim is inferior to you you've already you've already opened yourself up to the wound of relationality and your power is now relational it's now indeterminate who is powerful and who is not powerful because um those bodies became creolized bodies. They became the creolized bodies in Brazil, in Cuba, in Jamaica. Um, those bodies undid and, and undercut the, the Christian epistemologies that framed God as supreme. Because by bringing those slaves in, they came with their own traditions. They came with their own ways of being. That became hip-hop. That became the Washington Monument, as I explained yesterday at the conference. It, 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 in, in, in cutting yourself, and I think any forensic um, criminologist might tell you this, that in, in slashing um, others, in trying to kill others, um, they look for the, the self-inflicted wounds that the murderer has. Maybe This is such an interesting way to put it. It's very relatable, yeah, that you you see the 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 pain that the person yes. felt on their arm as they yes. were committing the yes yeah. yeah so in entering the colonizer and the colonized entered into uh, 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 Schrodinger's box <laughs> and uh, who came out alive is still up for grabs the jury is still out um, this is not to dismiss the painful realities of colonization is just to say that that's not the only story power is much more in, intractable 
um, is not as neat and as controllable as we would have it be. Power being not as neat and controllable as we would like it to be. Yeah. Yeah, I am very interested in um, in that exact phrase because um, it does feel like there's this uh, continued um, desire for this neat and controlled super intelligence that all of the billionaires and soon to be you know trillion dollar companies and <laughs> and even more there's going to be more and more and the pie's growing and we're going to conquer celestial bodies and there's so you know it's just um. There's something about it that um, feels uh, like like you described earlier, where creation is also doing the boomerang to us mm -hmm. and not us just going back to the <laughs> creation boomerang and grabbing it. But right. yeah, I that's so cool. Okay, um, there's two questions that I ask on the very end of the episode. Um, there's plenty more of these that we're going to have to right, right, hit right, in right, rounds right. and conversations uh -huh. are so good. Um, the two questions that we like asking at the very end of the show are the first question is, do you think we are in a simulation? No, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't, I'm very, again, um, everyone would have heard me say this over and over again. I think you, um, you could drink on or drop if, if you were betting on me saying hesitant, um, then you'll be probably rich by now uh, watching this video. Um, I'm very hesitant and reluctant to subscribe to the idea that we're simulation because I think what it does, that kind of reality framing um, is, oh my goodness, just another layer away. It's like um, in order to distance ourselves from, from the materiality of matter, we, we index or we codify this other layer of relationships we call language and language is supposed to mediate between us and the world now this seems to be an extra layering like yeah. which it just seems like retreat again like it's not just language it's simulation it's it's ones and zeros so in some sense we are we are twice removed from the real we're twice twice removed from climate change so if you want security and this is probably uh, the lo the logical outcome of 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 um, contributions like this. If you want to escape, then retreat into the luxurious confines of Silicon Valley. <laughs> you know, <laughs> retreat to ones and zeros, to bits and 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 whatever, and computer simulations and all of that. Mm. Retreat to this to this place we can control mm. and handle. Mm. So it's still the logic of mastery again. I don't think anyone could say I found the answer because I, like I said, I think reality is, is how we move through it. There's no external position we can stand on and say, this is the world because in saying this is the world, we're part of the world. Um, to move through the world is to make knowledge in the ways that we move. Um, there's no external point of view. Chino Achebe again would say in response to Archimedes, you know, Archimedes said, give me a place to stand and I shall move the world. And Chino Achebe responds, there is no place to stand. We move the, with the world at its own pace. Mm. So there's no external point of view. I feel this is the, 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 another doubling down on biodeterminism. It's mm. another doubling down on the metaphysics of, um, of escape, on the metaphysics mm. of um, human exceptionalism. It's, it's layering again, distancing ourselves from 
from if we can layer again another another matrix of control mm. over the planet mm. then we can secure ourselves in psychologically economically politically we can tell ourselves that we're home we're safe so this is home seeking mm. but i think we need to uh, yeah simulation as seeking home you know simulation as migratory uh migratory politics we're trying our our desire to do all of these godlike technologies we're is seeking home seek, is seeking, seeking home, home. Um, and I don't think they're there and we will find we will build home we built home in terms of modernity mm -hmm. and I think the time is up the battery is dead <laughs> mm. and 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 wow. we can keep on trying to change the battery but maybe the insurgency of the invisible is now so strong that the battery is not just a battery we can't just put it in another battery which we're trying to do with sustainability mm -hmm. with sdgs mm -hmm. and new development goals you know i think we're trying to change the energy <laughs> configuration but it's still the same logic of mastery the same home building technique now we're without home and i think finding our home in the homelessness surrendering to the homelessness might allow us a deeper kind of intelligence uh, now i'm not saying we're going to arrive at some place that will be pure and true for all eternity I'm saying the mess is what makes the real the real. And there's no arriving intact. Um, yeah, the tree grows crooked out of the yoke of the planet. Beautifully stated. <laughs> Beautifully stated. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. How about um, the last question? Um, what is most beautiful in this creation? beautiful in this creation hmm. oh this moment this moment with me and you sitting down with my brother here mm -hmm. um, um, in this place and all the entangled uh, the entangling tentacles that made this moment possible mm -hmm. stretching out across space-time um, yeah. This moment is 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 beautiful. This now that is haunted by ancestors, by non-humans, mm -hmm. by cameras, mm -hmm. is beautiful. <laughs> Again, so poetic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Bio, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Wow. This has been such an honor. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> holy, holy cow. Such an incredible episode. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. We'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments below on the episode. Let us know what you're thinking on all of the concepts that we talked about. Have more conversation with your friends, families, coworkers, people online about these subjects that we talked about. You can also find these subjects in the links in the bio below. Again, bioacomelofit.net also um, emergencenetwork.org also the amazon book link as well check out the books also the facebook page check those links out find these topics there as well get reading and learning more about them sharing them as well and also support the artists the entrepreneurs the spiritual leaders the organizations around the world that you believe in support them and help them grow if you believe in us you can find all of our links below help us grow as well and also Go and build the future, everyone. Manifest your dreams into the world. We love you very much. Thank you for tuning in. And we will see you soon.
Peace.